You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Lust for Life with Mad Dog Matter. Hey, Trey, we good? You call him A Train? I mix it up. I'm trying to, I'm working with your nickname. Uh, oh, you, you get a theme. good. Yeah, but he's Super Tramp. He's Super Tramp. Yeah, but he could have two nicknames. You gave Benji two nicknames uh, the other week. Oh, you were here for that one. Yeah. All yeah, right. Benji's Sweet Sweet. <laughs> sweet 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 Sweet. Something. Triple Sweet. <laughs> Triple I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's the big one. Sorry. All right, my people. This is Lust for Life. I have a feeling we, we did not edit what you just heard out. You're going to hear just that. We just, sometimes we just mutter in. Right. Which Sorry. other podcasts do do and they do it well? I mean, there's two ways of doing it. You could just, hey, so. Is right. that a keychain? Oh, okay. Along the lines of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Or you can do the super professional, hey, we're here, which I kind of, we, we do half and half. So I'll do one now. Um, this is Lust for Life, my people. This is Ooh. the number one podcast in America, voted on, of course, by Canadians. Well, we don't <laughs> well, mess around. Well, our government shut down. So. The government, someone had to step <laughs> Someone's up. Someone's got to vote. Let me say this. Now, this is probably going to air in November, so hopefully the government's back together by then. Or hopefully not. Yeah. For all you rebels out there. Fuck, we don't need them. Oh, you super crazy libertarians. Um, I was just in the D.C. area. They're affected by that. And we it was yeah. freaked out on our way back to New York. We saw all these like RVs and and like those crazy. What are those trucks that that truckers drive? Trucks? Uh, I, yeah. I, I kind of felt like I was setting you up for that. But like 18 wheeler? Yeah, with like American flags, and uh-huh. it's like written on them. We ain't stopping till we get to D.C. They all have like Virginia plates. Oh, you mean till you get twenty fucking miles <laughs> away? Twenty miles, and then twenty happens. miles. You're not stopping. Yeah. Get a job. And it was intimidating because everyone looked like they they like sold speed at truck stops in the car. It's like I'm glad yeah. these are the people who care about our government. So yes, we're voted on by Canada because their government never stops. Okay, because they're socialists and they just hand you all Lexuses. Right. That's how it was explained to me. It's like more people have Lexuses, less people have helicopters. That's how Canada is. That was just like one family. Is that the way you sum it up? That's how my friend Graham K said it. He's like, yeah, we don't get super rich like you guys, but enough people can get a decent car. That's how I summarized it. I'd have to do the intros. This is big time right now. Sitting in with us, second time in three weeks, already on his second visit, (laughs) Anthony DeVito. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. God Very happy you. to be here. It's fucking great. Sore from playing football. Oh, yeah. Man, I feel terrible. Just yeah, I haven't terrible. seen you banged up like this ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the bottoms of my feet hurt. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah. That every, just from using them, I think. Yeah, that's really what it is. Just from using them. Every single step hurts. <laughs> I was stepping because I walk through this park on my way home sometimes and I see acorns and I think I'm tough. I step on acorns <laughs> to break them. And I couldn't break like three of them. What? And I got my foot, back of my foot was just destroyed for like two weeks. Do you like look around to see who saw you stomp that acorn? No, I just, I'm like, ah, Hulk smash. And I do that. <laughs> Where are you seeing acorns here? They're in the goddamn, this park I walked through in Astoria. I don't know why I had to paint them on and use my right. hand. But it did. <laughs> and I was sore for like three days and left for a great excuse to just drink more after gigs. So there you go. It was stop it, yeah. The only way. Oh, I need Maker's Mark now. Okay. And of course with us, the right hand of the show. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Some people call him Benji Suswan. Some people. I call that motherfucker a sweet, sweet, sweet wine. <laughs> That's his new nickname. I Everyone's got a goddamn it's nickname. Grown, I mean. It's also, too, you, you're keeping the ace around also. Ace is the shit. Mm. We might have an issue with ace. 
Adam Carolla's nickname, Ace. I told you I don't like Ace. That's why I want to <laughs> keep it. That's the bigger issue. It's been just I like want to keep Ace. It's <laughs> nothing to do with me. You can't like your nickname. I mean, mine's okay. But I wouldn't like family. it if I was like, but I see why you're saying You're that. the Ace. You hold the shit there. I explained to you last time. I'm Roddy Piper. You're Cowboy Bob Orton. Anthony here is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Ooh, take that. Our guest coming up, Kyle. That motherfucker's Mr. T. <laughs> All right, that's how it's going to break down. I don't know who Super Tramp in the booth, our producer, is. Uh, he might be special guest referee Billy Martin. I mean, this is the WrestleMania. That was WrestleMania, dude. That was WrestleMania 1. I don't know who Liberace is. We'll find that motherfucker soon. And there's no Hulk Hogan. We're just sick of his shit. All right, so uh, let's set up who our guest is today. A dear friend of mine. I uh, used to do stand-up with this gentleman all the time, Kyle Fincham. And the keyword used to do stand-up. The reason he's in here, I find this fascinating is um, basically got out of comedy, mm. kind of disappeared. A lot of us did not see him forever. He now basically has like his own business. Oh, I want to use the word guru with you, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll, when we get you <laughs> on the mic here, we'll discuss it. Exercise type guru. Uh-huh. Happier than a pig in shit. Sure. Every time I, I bumped into him on the street, I've never seen a glow. Look at his smile right now. This isn't <laughs> fake. You guys can't see it at home, but for our panel here, that's right, we're reduced to a panel now. <laughs> They can see this. My dude is glowing. All right. He's happy. He's left the business. Okay. We all in the comedy are obsessed with this business. A lot of us uh, claim to not be happy, but can't leave it because it's only sure. we know how to do. He got the fuck out and has a life. So this could be an inspiration to some. And let's address this real quick. I know when we started this show, um, I had the strict edict of we won't talk comedy. And Benji, we discussed that. You, yep. You're one of the, the people behind this show. You're like, okay, you can do it, but it's just not being comics interviewing comics. Yeah. Um, well, fuck it. We're going to kind of <laughs> talk about it today. But there's, here's the twist. Right. Here's the twist. He got the fuck out. Right. Yeah. This is like someone leaving the mafia. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't leave the mafia. You get fucking killed or you're 90 <laughs> years old in prison. He got the fuck. The Gambinos yeah, the, aren't even looking for him anymore. Kyle Fincham. That's not his real name. No. <laughs> his name is Gugu Gagulovich. <laughs> that's his new name. All right. So we're going to be discussing this. I know we talked comedy a few episodes ago in the intro, and that's I don't want to like do that. Yeah. But sometimes we will. This show is what it is. Right. Exactly. This is a jazz session. People are like, what's your podcast like? I'm like... Well, this is going to sound pretentious. Just say. Yeah, it's like, did you ever hear Coltrane and Miles get to... Yeah, not that we're at that level, but this is a jam session. <laughs> even better. <laughs> we're even better. God That's damn like, it. We're more obscure. jazz fans are like, you ever heard of Coltrane? You ever heard of Lust for Life? <laughs> <laughs> but this is a jam session. It could go anywhere. The, here's the rules. No rules. Fight Club. That's the, that wasn't a rule in Fight Club. They had a lot of fucking rules. That was only two six rules. Of, no, six of their 12 r- rules is... <laughs> um, you can't bring up Fight Club. Oh, right. That's My it. My bad. <laughs> rule number one. Well, it's rule number one of Fight Club. There is no Fight Club. Rule number two. There is no Fight Club. Rule number four. Look at rules number one. And two. Mm-hmm. We get it, asshole. You're a secret yeah, society. Yeah, why do you have to go up to 12? <laughs> yeah, why do you got to be ostentatious about this it. shit? Rule number 37. All right, you fucker. <laughs> it's like the same thing, but different words. Yeah, yeah. go make more soap. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking to yourself? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous... A movie though. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to. I've gotten to the point now. Fuck it. I want to spoil everything for everyone. Do you? Anthony and I are roommates, as people know. We have another roommate. You can't spoil anything for him. Like movies from 50 fucking years ago. You yeah. can't. Yeah. You, for true. You can't bring up like. 
Oh, I love this episode of, of The Honeymooners. I was watching this episode of The Honeymooners. Ralph got like, oh, don't ruin it. For it's just right. a central plot line that you would see on TiVo. Right. Like, what the? Ralph is ruined? in this one? Great. Oh, no, I can't watch shit, it. man. Jesus he gets upset. Christ. It's like, just deal with the shit. You can't, you can't have any spoilers. Right. It's like, oh, man, watch a Battlestar Galactica. I walk in on the guy. I'm like, oh, man, she's... Uh, Starbucks still had short hair. Don't ruin it! <laughs> Do you think it's a big plot point that she gets a haircut? Yeah, a fucking Cylon. Cut her hair. Sorry, we got real nerdy there. But this shit happens, man. All right, real quick before bringing our guests. Look, we went all over the place, but I'm okay with that. Because yeah. as we know, the rules are no rules. We just go. <laughs> that is kind of a pretentious thing to say out loud. Rules Only rule no is rules. there is no rules, right. man. It's ridiculous. Real quick. Um, we've never done this on the show. I have a meaning to. What do you guys know about dreams? I had a very interesting one. Ooh. I really would like to discuss it. I don't know why I took my octaves down. <laughs> Let's get serious for a second. Okay. I'd like to bring in a dream expert. Anyone out there who's a dream expert? That's um, a good, yeah, that's a good That'll be outstanding. Well, I don't think we know a lot about dreams. I think it's still, uh, still up for a lot of debate. What exactly so you don't think the they actually is. mean anything? Were you? Mean something like, like in like a prophetic, supernatural way? Or just like explain something about yourself? I think that yeah, I would yeah, something that's happening your inside your your head, your feelings that you don't not maybe aware of. So you're voting yes on that. Yeah, not like in like you're seeing visions of the future type of Ooh, thing. That would but, well, I kind of would like that. That 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 would fit in with my new pretentious persona right. of their the you only want, rules you there tell is us no what rules. Your dream was? Yeah, so he had one question. What are you gonna ask real quick? Oh, I yeah, okay. No, I have my question answered. I thought you were just asking if Benji and I like what we knew about dreams. You were asking like that to like the larger. It's the larger book. Right, I got you. Okay, that's... Yeah. Always on to ask you too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I really thought it was. I was in a car. Initially, I thought I was a cop, like a buddy cop with this guy, and okay. they were patrolling. Later, we didn't because there was an incident, and I asked him if we should call the cops. He said no. I'll explain all this in a second. Guess who my goddamn sidekick was? Uh, someone we know or someone famous? Famous. Tubbs. That would be fucking great. <laughs> uh, Han Solo. Hansa. Rod Stewart. Okay. How the fuck are you paired up with Rod? I'm not even like a Rod Stewart fan. <laughs> That's I why think they he... paired you up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. Bad. He, he ruined one of my favorite songs of all time, Downtown Train by Tom Waits. He makes it all showbiz. Whoop, all this bullshit. It's a dark song. So I'm paired up with Rod Stewart. I start asking him about dating only blondes. And I go, is that hacky and wrong that I asked you that? And he goes, yes, it is, young man. What if I asked? And he's in the middle of asking me, what if I asked you? When all of a sudden, behind us in traffic... Bunch of dudes shoot a bunch of motherfuckers and kill them. Bop, 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 bop. We look at each other and go, holy shit. We start running. I go, should I call the cops? He goes, are you out of your fucking mind? We, <laughs> we are the cops. <laughs> he didn't say right, we are yeah, the cops. That's... I think we, you know how in dreams things can just change right. out of yeah. nowhere. So um, all of a sudden we lost our badges. And so we leave. I go on the lamb. I can't find my own house. And at the whole time I hear dramatic music playing indicating that I'm in trouble, just like in a you know, TV or a movie show that you know, the bad guys are in the corner. And next thing you know, I'm in an attic and I have a red t-shirt and I wake up. Wow. There's a lot of symbolism in this dream. You want to try to dissect it? Can you really d dissect this? I don't know. You're, uh, you're searching for your home. That could be like an identity thing, trying to find your, find your place in the world. Well, you're it's trying to hide from the bad guys. Trying to hide. Maybe you're running away, but you're running away from trying to find a place that... You feel comfortable talking about dating, maybe feeling superficial about who you're meant to be with, right? Am I only dating blondes? Jesus Christ. Rod Stewart. You just said you're not a Rod Stewart fan? No, but Rod Stewart only dates but you blondes. But you so. That's why I'm asking him that. You respect him, though? You like you look up to him in a little way? 
don't know, maybe looking for people's opinions just because you feel like you should? I think I liked him in the 70s when he just went total cheese ball and he did all those shitty bad disco songs. Oop, da, bop, 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 bop. Passion. Passion. Stop, bop, bop. We're just wearing fancy shit and just talking nonsense. And what was the red shirt thing? I think I, it was almost like a red shirt, red scarf, some shit like that. You just were wearing one all of a sudden? All, all of a sudden. And I was red, roommates with my intense. buddy Jimmy. What's red? That's like anger and passion, right? Passion. See? Which is Rod Stewart's song. Boom. God, if there's only way we could tie in hot legs. <laughs> How the fuck could we take him serious when he's singing that shit in 1971? Oh, that's that guy with his hit. What's his hit? Hot legs. Next. <laughs> that's kind of fun. So that was my dream. I want to get a dream expert. Mm. Do any of you guys have any idea with that? A dream, but like a Freudian dream expert? I'm saying there's a wide range of dream interpreters. Yeah, yeah but Freud, Freud just makes everything about fucking your mother, you're really a fucking homo, or you like okay. to eat pancakes. Those are his three options. <laughs> you, three, you were either a homo, wanted to fuck your mom, or you wanted right. some buttermilks. That's what that son of a bitch No, but was. I mean like a psychological interpretation of it, or like a mystical interpretation. Well, I think you just did the right thing. I think... That's what I kind of wanted. Like, what is going th through in my head? Right. And then you're going to turn it into a story with imagery and stuff. Yeah. What do you mean a story with imagery? I mean, it's already... I'm saying, imagery. like, if you're feeling, like, uh, anxious or passionate, you see, like, I don't know, red... They, I'm, I'm not an expert in this. I'm pulling this out of my ass. But <laughs> those are things that I'm sure exist. <laughs> this is what I love about you, Benji. You are younger than me. Okay? You know a lot about a lot of shit. And you could fake it. Maybe it's the glasses. Maybe it's, maybe the, it's the hair. It's the glasses. Maybe it's the name. But it all comes together. <laughs> and it's, you could make shit up right now. And we believe you. Thanks. Like you could walk into any college in America. Just like five minutes before class, before the, the teacher gets there. And you just grab like a marker because they don't have chalkboards. Pen. Just start writing just shit. Start it could be wrong. People believe it. Thanks, like, all right, man. today in calculus, like, <laughs> like Pythagorean was saying, two plus two is kitten. Right. And people be like, oh, my God, we, we've had it wrong all these years. That's, that's <laughs> the nicest thing you ever said about it. Hey, man, I'm, I'm the, <laughs> you know why? Because I'm number 34, baby. I'm the truth. <laughs> all right, babies. So this was, this was the first jam session. All right, so we got so what out of the way. Now we have to get to Freddie Freeloader. That was just so obscure jazz references right there. That's a Miles Davis kind of blue shit. Uh, Kyle Fitchum's going to come in. We're going to talk about life, being a civilian. Is there happiness? Can comedians get out? <laughs> when should they get out? Why should they get out? Is there happiness? I love, it's not like, how it's do we a, achieve happiness? We're like, yeah. e is it even out there? <laughs> it's, 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 we're going to find out. We'll be back in a minute, babies. This is Lust for Life. Booyah. All right, we're back, my people. We're here with the great, my, one of my dearest friends, a fellow Nevadan. That's right. Kyle Fitcher. But you change that sometimes. Like, I'd introduce you on stage as a fella Nevada boy. I get real fired up about this shit. And uh -huh. I get real urban. I was like the dude from Coming to America. I was like, <laughs> Randy Watson. I'm like, from Nevada. And then, like, your six bit would be like, yeah, I'm from L.A. And be like, people think I'm a fucking liar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I had something where I was talking about living in L.A. Because I went to college there. You went to UCLA. Yeah, and I was, so born, I was born in Southern California. And then we moved to Tahoe when I was, like, 10. So, I mean, it's like it's broken up a little bit. But I mean, I, my roots are in Tahoe, in Nevada. But Here, Here's know. two reasons, though, why that's rough. First of all, you're not born in Nevada. Mm -hmm. And as, as the theme song to The Great State says, home is Nevada to me. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to, that has to be your home. Mm-hmm. Even though I lived in New York for eight years and had a right. fake New York accent before I moved here. Uh-huh. But <laughs> um, <laughs> also northern, Ita- uh, northern, Ita- northern Nevadan, which that right. in Vegas, head button. Really? There's beef? Unbelievable. It's more, it's more Reno and Vegas. Uh, Nevada, where I'm from, Tahoe, is like not what the rest of the state is like. like I, I'm from the mountains and there's right. skiing and everything. I mean, it's like a really minute part of the state. Everywhere else is like desolate. You know, and yes. Henderson, Pahrump, Elko, like these places, like they have the, that's where they put all like the nuclear waste and stuff. Right. And it's just not at all what, where I'm from is like. They put nuclear waste mm-hmm. and whorehouses. Mm-hmm. That's what those towns have. Mm-hmm. And do gambling. You, a little, yeah, gambling. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you want to grow a third eye and a tail, but bang <laughs> yeah. some broad named Trixie? Yeah. Then welcome to Pahrump, everybody. I mean, exactly. yes. Yeah. Yes. That sounds crazy. <laughs> That's what we're going to do a live podcast. That's why I wasn't afraid when I watched the movie The Hills Have Eyes. I was like, oh, this is just like home. This it's is, back home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> home does mean Nevada. See, it did come full circle. All right, so <laughs> Kyle, I used to work with you every weekend. All the time. Um, Times Square at a comedy club that does not exist anymore. It is a haunted house, 365 <laughs> days a year yes, in New York City, which makes no sense. I don't understand how they survive outside of Halloween. Merry Christmas. Do you want to see the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I want some ho, 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 asshole. That's what I want. So, um, and we met, I think we met like within days of when you moved here originally. Yes, because when I moved to New York, this is going to shock people. No, I couldn't get arrested. No one would give me time. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do one-nighters in California and Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm a professional. Cool. You see that list? It's called a uh, open mic, and you can <laughs> sign up for it. Yeah. So you go to Mike's, and you hang out. And I met Kyle. We got along cool. Right. And next thing you know, we're working at this club together mm-hmm. all the time. That was years later, though. Years later. Mm-hmm. That club closed down, and we kind of, you know, people get busy, and you don't call as much as you should. And next thing you know, I hear from someone else. Yeah, Kyle doesn't do comedy anymore, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have, he's not friends with any of us anymore on Facebook, he's moved on with his life, and he's, here there it is, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, he's happy. People? No, you know, there was, a, there was a part of me that wanted to, like, go through and just, like, clean house, but I, I, I mean, I did stand for almost nine years, mm-hmm. so there was, like, I don't know, 4,000 people right. on Facebook, and so, like, the idea of going through and just deleting all these, like, random human beings that were in my life for maybe a moment or just someone who saw me somewhere or something just was te- so i i deleted that account and just started a new one yes and proceeded to like let people uh, add and catch up so it, right. it, it wasn't like eh, like fuck you you're out you know it was it was just a rebuilding process well i was told this and then we'll get into the, the specifics of the oh, these story. are like the, the myths well no 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 <laughs> this was how it explained to me and it made a lot of sense to me that basically you didn't want to know everything that was going on everyone you kind of wanted just to start over which i think is a really fresh thing and i've done similar things like that in the past and i mm-hmm. think it can be very healthy and i don't hold uh, i i didn't definitely didn't hold a grudge it was like oh i wish i would have known all this and yeah. i missed the dude yeah but i get having to start over i mean it was almost some don draper shit but you didn't change your name yeah i uh i thought about changing my name but to i dick um, whitman <laughs> you've been the opposite of don draper it, it wasn't all it wasn't just seeing what everybody else had going on but it was really just wanting to have like uh i don't know more of like a real life and and i feel like there's just this constant bombardment on social media when you're friends with a lot of comedians of things that like I don't give a shit about yes you know yeah. and like just ramming it down your throat and like I just I feel like I uh I still get it from like the few like a few people that are you know still connected that still like push shows and stuff and I end up pulling the thing like hide them or block them or whatever right, I'm just right. like I, I want to like 
it's really interesting now to like be in like on Facebook or on Twitter and listening to people like that I've chosen to just have interest in, you know, like friends and like, Oh, like real people. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're saying something that I could actually care about. It's not like a constant news feed of garbage or like, you know, I like, I don't care what's going on at like whatever pub on the East side or something (laughs) like, like whatever it's a, it doesn't exist for me anymore. And you don't care about them. uh, The people on Facebook uh, who have their Twitter, their Twitter feed, Go to it too, and you get hashtag. Oh God, yeah. Movies I mean, with food. Mm-hmm, if I gotta right. see another one of those, no offense to my brothers and sisters <laughs> doing that. Mm-hmm. If you think that's what's gonna make you in the industry, yeah. like someone at Sony is sitting there going, "That is great." The Hills have uh, black eyed peas. Like that. The, mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. That's mm-hmm. that's really how you're spending your Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I did like that though. The Hills have black eyed peas. Yeah, yeah. See those. Uh, hold on, <laughs> write that. Tweet yeah, that. Let me take a break yeah. real quick. I have to tweet this. <laughs> my career is beckoning. Uh-huh. That's the one that Howard's going to pick up. Oh my, my dude. All right, so and I, these are all valid points, right? Like I said, we kind of started the show. We're, we're comedians, but we're kind of sick of the constant right. well, com- being in comedy. We have to prove it all the time, shit. Right. And so that's why this is so fascinating. You were making money. Yeah. You were getting paid. Not a lot, but I mean, it was not a lot. Paid. But fuck it, man. I mean, this yeah, is rough it was business. Happening. I would say cash in hand, but that place used to give us checks, and you'd have to go downstairs to the porno shop really? and get a cash. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> right, that's how they get you. It's yeah. like the gift shop at the end of the the museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people went and partaked. Like, okay, I will buy right. Seymour Butts Pool Party Seven, and I'll go jerk right. off in this booth. <laughs> Damn you! Right. Check. How'd I lose money on this gig. How did this <laughs> <laughs> give me three butt plugs right. too. Exactly. I had a weekend. I had a bunch of spots. I got a special. <laughs> So we're doing that. Well, one of the things I was going to say along those lines, I think that's a, a unique thing about comedy where it is a very, you know, insular world where you're, you're, you're on top of, of, yeah, other comedians. You have different hours than the rest of the world. You know, you're working nights and weekends and holidays when everyone else is off and hanging out with friends is like go time in comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, like, you know, we... Comedians tend to have you know less of a filter, so you can like riff around and make mm-hmm. jokes, and, mm-hmm. and other people would get offended. So you ended up just kind of hanging out with other comedians, and that becomes your whole world. Right. Yeah. And and in terms of the social media part, it's like you end up only advertising to comedians. Right. Exactly. It's right. Like, yes. Like you're pushing shows and whatever the hell you have going on to other people who are not only do they not care about what you're doing, but they're you're just like perpetuating like jealousy and right. like this, right, this right, right. Yeah, or this, they have the same show on the same night that they're competing yeah, against or yeah something. exactly it's it, it ends up like building competitiveness and and it's weird it's a it's it's a, it's a bizarre thing well my whole thing in life now is competitiveness i just yeah. find a comic on the street i go i challenge you to a comedy duel and uh-huh. I spit in their face <laughs> mm-hmm. like, well, you're like i'm joking one nothing all right so let's see Wait, how many years did you do comedy for uh, I mean, I started when I was like 18. I was a freshman in, in college and I quit last October, like almost a year to the day. Um, and I was, uh, you know, 20, uh, 27. So yeah, wow. like nine. Okay. Yeah, I put it in. Okay. Wow. So, all right, let's get to this. Our main club that we're working closed mm-hmm. two years ago. Yes. There's many comedians who still not been on stage since then who are getting up every day, two, mm-hmm. three times a day. We're making a living off that. Right. You and I... Uh, never just stuck to that place. We were always trying to get out. I remember you were like, man, we're, we're, we're going to die here. I'm going to go do alt shows. I don't care about making right. money. Yeah. I'm going to start making films, all right. kinds of creative shit like that. Yeah. And so 
a year passes and it closes. Right. And then what, how did it, how to give us that year and how you transition to what you're doing now. Okay. So, um, I and guess please tell people if you're a guru or not. Right. I called you uh, a guru. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll take the guru thing. We've had the conversation <laughs> a few times about the, the, the guru stuff. Um, but I, uh, so that year, so probably about a year. So the, 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 that club shut down two years ago. So probably six months before that I had started teaching fitness classes cause I was a dog walker and, um, which I, is a big job for comedians. A lot of comedians dog walk. Right. And I, uh, but I'd always been like into exercise. I had been working out and I had taken classes from this dude that I really respected and I thought he was cool. And then I moved to Bushwick and I joined a gym and then, you know, I, I saw the, the, the class schedule and I just thought to myself, I was like, I could like make money doing this. And I think I asked one of the instructors how much they got paid. And I'm like, dude, that's way better than working for like four hours walking dogs. Certainly, you know, right. just to teach one class. So I just went up and asked the manager, like, what could I do to teach a class? I felt pretty confident about it. And they said, well, go get a, uh, um, a certification. So I went and got a certification. I came back and they, uh, let me start subbing classes. And that turned into like, you know, me having a regular class, having multiple classes. Now I teach, uh, nine or 10 a week. And then that turned into personal training. Um, so all this was beginning to happen. Starting to balloon. Right. Um, it was kind of like, you know how, uh, it was kind of like, um, Chris D's career in standup, but in fitness. But in, yes, <laughs> exactly. Our, so it was our just dear friend like, Chris DiStefano right. became like a, he wasn't a personal trainer. He was a, no, but I'm, but I'm, but yeah, but I'm just, he was the one that, of physical the, therapy, physical therapist. Right. right. So, but, but his trajectory, like, I mean, the, it was like, I'm, I met Chris one day and then like the next day he was amazing, yes, you know? Right. And, um, and I was like, dude, I've been doing this forever. And like, no one gives a shit about me, you know, like, uh, and, but in, in fitness, it was like, I was subbing a class, which was like the bottom of the barrel open mic. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm on top of the world and it just took off quick. And I was, but it was also, um, I was feeling like it was, it was positive in both directions, which was not the case for the most part in standup. Like it was, you know, it's either like you're really having, you're dealing with your negativity or your sadness or your anger and like the audience is enjoying it. Or like on a rare occasion, you're having a great time, but the audience thinks you're a piece of shit, you know, yes. like it doesn't go right. both ways. So like doing fitness, it was like, these people are really like loving and enjoying what I'm doing and I'm loving, like, like giving them this experience. It's not like I'm dwelling on like the dark parts of my life to make this happen. Um, which was great. Yes. Uh huh. So you know, I'm feeling that as it's all going on and there's more of a demand for what I'm doing. Like people want me to teach more classes. People want me to start personal training. And I'm like, it just doesn't fit the schedule. Cause now it's like, I need to start maybe being up at 6am to go do this. I need, you know, all, all these things that just really, you know, they don't, they conflict with a, a comedy lifestyle. Um, and I remember the day when I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I clearly remember the day I was, um, so I was going to do Dustin's show at Broadway. My dear friend, Dustin, Dustin Chafin. Um, and I'm waiting to go on stage and I'm sitting there and this was October of last year. And I'm, I forget who I'm watching. I think I'm watching Leah on stage and she's having a great set and I'm either going on right after her or one after. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, I just don't think I want to do this anymore. Like, did I, you walk out before you went on? No, that I, would be fitting in your movie. You right. would like <laughs> yeah. if we started directing the confidential story, we would take liberty. They would, inter they would introduce me, and I wouldn't walk on. Yeah, or just like, say, "Where did he I'm go?" I'm done. Drop yeah. the mic and walk off, uh -huh. or just teach a class. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, all right, up. let's start with jumping jacks. <laughs> right. You would put on a sweatband as you walked up the <laughs> yeah. stairs, leaving uh -huh. go. Uh huh. Ding ding ding, ding, ding. and the, somehow the theme to Hoosiers would play. 
So you're uh, there. So then I, so I'm, so I'm on stage and, uh, and like, it just turned like, I just remember like, I don't even remember what jokes I did or anything. I was like, I was on autopilot just talking and it was going fine, but I'm like having a, this whole other thing going on in my head where I'm like, this is it. Like I'm done. Like I'm never doing this again. You knew that. Wow. I was on stage like performing being like, this will never happen again. I don't care. Like I, I, I don't want to do this. And I, I, I finished, walked out. It was like the same as always. Like, thank you. Goodbye. Whatever. Left and then it was it. I was like done. But right then and you there. knew it was your last set. Did that make you enjoy it more? Enjoy no, it less? No, because I I didn't know before I went on that it was my last. But one. in the like, middle, you said your head clicked. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. It didn't even. No, I, I didn't go harder or something or like hope for more laughs or whatever. Like I really did not. You care. were just done. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to stand in front of a bunch of like people that I like I'll never see again that like don't really care about me that like I that are really not being affected on like some deeper level or whatever I think this is a waste I just it 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 was not positive it was like I was I didn't want to be in basements anymore I didn't want to be out that late I was like do you felt it do you do get those feelings from uh being the fitness workout guy yeah man it's like amazing you know I I it, it, both sides of it, whether it's like fitness classes or personal training with personal training, it's like, I see like the, you know, the, fe- the, the effects that like what I do firsthand. And then I feel like, um, when I, when I do the fitness classes, you know, I have these huge groups and like tons of people come to these classes. I have like a, a really awesome following and like people are excited and I get to like put on like my version of a show when I do it. And, and that's great. And also I feel like, um, there's been like a community that's built around, my classes so mm-hmm. like an answer to like the guru thing like i mean it's a really pretentious word i guess to like <laughs> throw on but that's not the case but like people have like met and, and become really close friends i took a whole group out to do uh, the tough mutter out in new jersey two days ago I tough someone just did that what you didn't what yeah, is that uh-huh. my friend just did that yeah oh yeah it's awesome tough mutter it sounds like a goddamn ben and jerry's it's like a, it's, it? a, it's a 10 <laughs> it's, a t- it's a 10 to 12 mile uh run it's not really a race because no one's really competing but um it's a run with uh, like 20 or 30 military obstacles, like in running through electricity and water, mud, the, you know, slides, whatever, all these things. But I probably took out a whole bunch of people from the, from the gym and uh, everybody did it, had a, like a great time. It was amazing. And it's just so fascinating because this is, this is why you're in here. The energy, what you're describing is kind of what a lot of comics, when people get into comedy, explain the time they quit their day job or right. when they decided to get into this. It's right. like, I got that feeling to see the smiles that people had in the crowd and I felt alive. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating that it went the other way. You just don't really hear it like that much that you basically went back to being a civilian. That's what's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And you really don't regret it. Not at all. Not, not a day ever. Like I don't, I don't even have like much of a desire to ever watch stand up or go to shows like I go to certain friends shows just because I feel like you know not because I want to watch stamp it because they're like a really close friend and I want to support, support them, them. Right. yeah wow. and that's it but no drive to get back on stage no itch for it never ever not in the least yeah now now Benji here mm-hmm. is the booker of this club what if he offered you 500 <laughs> bucks to show up tonight 500 bucks Theoretically, could he? <laughs> yeah. I'm also his agent now, I and I negotiate Man, for my is, clients. Uh, taking certain liberties yeah, exactly. through this podcast. How much? How, how much time do I have to do? How much time would he have to do? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes for five hundred bucks. Five hundred. Yeah, why not? For five hundred bucks. Yeah. Are you scared you would get addicted <laughs> again and have to become a comedian again? 
this is like um, a, this is like asking you and McGregor to do, to do a shot of heroin and train spotting. No, to because just to I, test I, it I was out. I was never that like addicted to it. You know, like I, right. I and I feel like it, it, maybe I'm like making assumptions about other people's. Uh, character, but like, I don't think anyone is that addicted to it. You know what I mean? I just think that a lot of people don't, aren't that aware of what else is out mm-hmm. there. And like, that's my experience. I think I kind of am aware uh-huh. and it scares the shit out of me still at 35. Uh-huh. And so I kind of keep myself, I really wish I could be like, do this, like what you're doing. Uh-huh. I'm envious of you. I wish I could have a real life. Uh-huh. I have tried at parts of my, uh, my life in the last couple of years and it doesn't work out for me. I try having the girlfriend and going out and hey, let's just go to a movie tonight. I get bored quick. I mm-hmm. need to go on stage. I mm-hmm. need to have a drink and see if I can get laid by some girl in the crowd. Doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. All that. <laughs> Not as much as I'd like. Right. As we discussed as- in past episodes, I think the legend of me is a lot better than it actually is. <laughs> I think I sound like Wilt Chamberlain when I'm really like the 12th man on the fucking nets. Right. <laughs> when it comes to getting laid, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love to interview Scalabrini. Does he get Maybe. laid? Uh, oh, my God. I bet he does. I bet he does. <laughs> All the time. Who is this? Yeah. Brian, Brian Scalabrini. Scalabrini. I don't know who that is. Obscure basketball Obscure player. Obscure former basketball player yeah. who The worst basketball player gets laid more than... That has right. to be. Real quick, did I tell you I was at the last New Jersey Nets game, the last game before they moved to Brooklyn, and they're uh-huh. showing highlights of their career and all these great players. And, of course, Jason Kidd comes on the screen, and everyone goes nuts. Yeah. Only one player got a bigger ovation than Jason Kidd, and it was Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Jersey, for not playing up to the racial stereotypes. <laughs> oh, the white kid who scored .1 a game? Right. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Cracker! Bunch of shit. We digress. But uh, I really tried, man, and it's just I find it very difficult i feel like i have to go hang out with comics i have to hook right. up with so, comics so, i feel like i can't get out what, what i what, what, yeah but what i feel like is that like like the art or, or or being on stage is not as addictive as like what people it, it i feel like people are really hooked to what they've romanticized about about like the lifestyle mm-hmm. and all these things you know what i mean like and what do you think that is I don't know. I feel what like, do you think they romanticize about? I, like, like they romanticize about like Bukowski poems, you know, and sure. like, like boy, struggling. this kid knows me very well. Yeah, but like struggling, <laughs> suffering, like oh, I'm not supposed to like ha-. like. There's this very um like the the feeling of like I don't deserve all these great things. I'm supposed to suffer. Like I'm supposed to beat myself to death for like for the art and for the laughter and for the audience and these things and like it's just. It's not the case, but like I see why people are hooked to that. But like when you're actually living it, it's fucking terrible. You know, like it really is is terrible. And it's like it's not a big leap to have like overall happiness. You know, like it's just like you you and I did it like I romanticized forever about being like, yeah, like I've got to like roll the dice and struggle and like. You know, like I've got to sleep on park benches and like and then one day it's going to click and like, you know, everything's going to take off and change. And like, no, like you're just, you know, you're just digging yourself into like a deeper depression. Mm -hmm. And that's that was like my experience. And that's what I feel like I observe. How deep was your depression? You never seem to be a depressed guy. Um, I felt like I was miserable, man. Miserable. Never oh. suicidal, anything like that? No, 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 no. Um, but I was like, I was seriously like bummed. Like I was never really happy. You know, there was no reason for me to be on stage and ever like 
say anything that was like angry or like, you know, talk about like dark parts of my life because overall I should be a happy person. But like, that's what I was like, I, I, I had, I felt like I had to do. And when you start like talking about those things all the time and like living that and being around other people who are living that, it's like, dude, it like takes you down a notch. But isn't that also a way that people get over it by verbalizing it and sharing it? It's similar to working out. Where right. I do think you have to like pain. acknowledge it and you have to be open, but like it doesn't need to be like every day, all day. And I think that that was my experience in stand-up. It was just like this like never-ending like roller coaster of of sadness and depression. It was mm-hmm. like you know it's you know my friends who are comedians are just like oh like my life this I can't get on stage I hate myself my dad blah 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 and like like that was a real thing and that was the successful ones yeah right. that was Louis C.K. Right. Kyle <laughs> shit man <laughs> and like but everybody deals with that but what you need to do is like you need to have this balance of like acknowledging it accepting it and and in in a lot of ways like embracing those things about your character but then also like not letting those things control you and like right and, and you know and you can't just keep like you know pontificating to people about those things because it like no one wants to be around that person like right. you want to like also balance it out by being like but these are the great things i have going on this is why i'm happy this is like why people enjoy being around me and why i enjoy being around them well yeah let me do this. This is a little exercise I want to do. Okay. Let's say two years ago. Okay. That we got a trainer here. We have a trainer. Excellent. <laughs> You're sh- the right hand, ace. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet wine. Well done. <laughs> let's go. All right. Let's do in three parts. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, I want you to rank happiness. Okay. Let's go three years ago when we're working every night mm-hmm. at said club. Mm-hmm. Let's just say what the name of that club was. I mean, it, it was a very catchy name of that club, and and you could t- after I say it out loud, you'll be like, "How did that shut down?" <laughs> Times Square Art Center, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should be like the center of the city or something. How like about that. comedy <laughs> the in the motherfucking name? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey, do you want to go see a comedy show? Yeah, we're at Olive Garden Festival <laughs> of Italians. Is that a comedy club? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is this? Um, let's go. You could go there and paint uh, pottery too, right? And do some sculptures. Oh. If you don't think that's happening in L.A., yes, everything. See, that's some L.A. shit. Right. (laughs) When you say that, I get that scene in Made. Yoga and comedy, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) I've played it. I've played a Pilates yoga studio once. Really? Yes. While the class was going. You've played a Pilates yoga studio. Yes, I did. McGee. Yes, we're all pointing. No one can see this. It's like the end of of an old Tarantino movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did it. During like a class. How does that go? You know how good he is at calming people down. I'll just say that. (laughs) Not riling them up. Nobody farted when I was (laughs) when they're doing yoga. Nobody did. Um, How was your happiness when we were working every day at that club? Let's start with that. I fucking hated it. Scale one to ten. Um, oh, dude, that was like a two. A two. Is that you realize that at the time or looking back? No, no, no. I was miserable there. Like every week because like I and I also like needed that money. Right. I really wanted that money that was there. And I was just like week after week, like hustling in there to try and like be in front of like our, you know, mutual acquaintance, whatever, booker, Who's the bo- manager. Yeah. Um, like being like, I wanted to just be in front to like get as many spots as I could or get whatever I could from it. Um, I didn't like the audiences that I was dealing with there. I yes. didn't like it. Dude, it was dark and sad. And the other thing that you need to realize is that I wasn't just there when we were doing the Times Square Art Center shows. When I first moved here, I worked in that place. Yes. 
Like I worked oh, there man, since 2005. Yeah. Like I was in the box office. I was upstairs, like kind of like a quasi assistant to Jamie Masada. Like I, yeah, like when they were that, Laugh Factory, he was. Yeah, there, that yeah. place like was a a lot of things to me, and right. like, being there that much, like wait on me, and I didn't, I didn't like the kind of comedy that was happening there. Like I felt ill, like it was, it was uh, kind of a hacky room, mm-hmm. sure. the opposite of this wonderful establishment. Hey, and I'm, I'm not yeah. just kissing ass. I'm being real. I mean, I mean, I I really like. I ended up hating it so much that like I and I I would like take and take notes up on stage and I'm like I'm getting paid to be up here on a Saturday and I'm like I like whatever like this like I was that far down we're gonna get back to the exercise in a second but here mm-hmm. here's a question okay do you think if you didn't work there and if you didn't need the money like I've always argued I'm scared when I made the jump to just do this full time I was like I'm scared relying on this money is gonna make me hate it uh-huh and it hasn't been there, maybe a little bit at times. Did you think a combination of that and you ending up working still on Maggie's Farm, a place where they were giving you shit work, do you think that helped attribute to you turning on this business? Do you think if maybe you worked here and they treated you like a human from the get-go and you could be creative mm-hmm. on stage from the get-go mm-hmm. and not have to fucking dance and do bullshit, mm-hmm. do you um, think maybe you wouldn't be where you're at? Uh, do you think it was nurture? Um, I mean, I think, so we're assuming that I had, that the, the fitness stuff never happened. Let's just say that you were in a environment that was more, what's the word I'm looking for? Conclusive? Conducive? Conducive. 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 What about conclusive? Let's do that too. And an ending to it. Do you think it would have made you feel more creative and no, you wouldn't but, have no, came to no, 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 exercise no, guru? No, because, because I don't think To being would. the modern day Jack LaLanne. That's no. what I'm calling you. <laughs> Modern day Jack. Can we get Rush to write a song? Today is Jack Lane's got an eye on you. I, I, I don't think so. I think, um, I think it might have lasted a little bit longer, but I just don't think the environment, in, aside from like the world or like the, the type of club that it was in, it was also just like, you know, mingling with uh, comedians and like, and, and having these like, um, insincere interactions with different people coming out after shows that like lasted just brief moments and it right. was over like that stuff. I mean, cause I, I did perform on a couple shows here. I mean, I guess numerous, I did a few of the, what, who was it? Friday, Saturday or whatever. Um, when Frigolette did the shows yeah. here, I did a bunch of those and I mean, I felt, I love performing here. I, I got to, I headlined Caroline's right before I right. quit, you know? And like, it was like, yeah, it was great when it happened, but like, you know, there's as much, Offstage stuff that like brought me down as there was on stage stuff. This is like scared straight for comedians. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fascinating because you did it for so long. Nine years is a a fairly long time to be doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, throughout those nine years, you're basically, I mean, I don't know exactly your situation, but it would seem like you would lose if you did have friends outside of comedy, they would sort of go away within those nine years and you would just have friends within comedy. So going away from that, I feel like would be such a huge shift. Well, you you, you know, you want to know what it was is I, uh, I've always made like an effort to like, um, hold on to my friends outside of comedy. Like, sure. right? and, and I actually had like better friends outside. I mean, at this point, like I really don't have a lot of friends in comedy right. because I didn't have a lot of friends in comedy when it was happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that was, why that reason was like, I feel like, um, there's always this feeling when I was doing stand up that like, um, and sometimes I guess being a comedian, I think being a human in general is like you overthink a lot of things, but I always felt like, uh, I always felt like I wasn't wanted by a lot of other comedians, mm-hmm. you know, like there was this, like, uh, like you're the reject, you know, because you don't seem like 
you don't seem like the nerd or you don't, see, you don't seem right. like the outcast that like the rest of us are. Sure. So you are, you're intruding upon our world. Like things look like they're on the up and up for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're, 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 you're still like young and you're in shape. Like you don't, Here, you know, I'll say it. You're a good looking kid. <laughs> who, yeah. Probably was never awkward with women, <laughs> which is, puts you in the minority. Right. So you it, look it, like you could have right. played sports in high school, which in the rest of the world would mm-hmm. make you the, the majority. Top, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it's so and odd. Comedy, yeah, stand-up's so weird. So, so, like, so the, in stand-up, it was a lot of like, fuck you, quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now I don't like him. Yeah. yeah there's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The rate just went down. <laughs> yeah. You're getting eighty cents tonight. For the 50, You're only right? getting two fifty. He's <laughs> <laughs> about two fifty. Go on. So. I always, you know, I held on close to my other, my, my friends outside. Sure. So like, you know, you, I, the few friends that I had in stand up, I was really close with, but then I, I never, I, it's not like when I left stand up, I didn't have anybody. Right. It wasn't like a dramatic search change. No, I mean the, 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 the dramatic part was that like, you know, I got to like really build more relationships with people, you know, and I have the benefit of like not walking into like a job, like in the corporate world where you're sitting in a cubicle and like you only meet people at holiday parties. Right. Like I am in a place where like there, like I said, there's like a community. It's like all these people who come to my classes and like, you know, we, we all have befriended each other and, and people have met each other through my classes and stuff. It's like, it's great. Um, so yeah, and to answer your question, yeah, I didn't feel like I had strayed too far away each year. It was like, I now look back on it thinking like, who are all the people that I missed out on that I could have had? Mm-hmm. Had I not been doing stand-up, that's you know it's not a regret, but I I wonder about that. Now explain how many days a week you work, your mm-hmm. hours, like like who shows up, uh, how do people show up now? Yeah, uh, I work six days a week. I uh, so I teach. I have to be at work usually at six a.m. on Tuesdays. No Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'll teach. Uh, usually in the morning until about 10 a.m., sometimes 11 or 12, and then I have like a nice big break, and I got to come back in the evening at like 6.30 to teach a couple classes. And um, is this at a gym in Brooklyn? It's at a gym in Williamsburg. Okay. And then on um, Fridays, I have like a little, like I come in and t- train a couple clients in the middle of the day, and then on Saturdays, I teach a couple classes. Um, the people who come, I, what's really great is living in Williamsburg is like, I've got this really young, fit demographic of people who come to my classes, and then the people who I personal train are these like really uh, sophisticated people. You know, the people kind of people who do live in Williamsburg and have lived there for a while. Right. You know, they're like thoughtful. So everything that they taught, you know, I train everyone from like um, a you know a priest to like a fashion designer to um, who else do I train? Lots of different characters that like you know people who work for different uh television networks that you know are, are family people or they're, they're not boring they're not like these like suits that i feel like a lot of people are stuck with in the city that are like coming in for bizarre vanity reasons like they're really just people who mm-hmm. are down to earth and then, funny is he's got good connections now in stand-up yes <laughs> that's what i was gonna yeah. say yeah you're lucky that you're with like the comics well, you that know, would not you know, after right. you say all this shit about uh, all the diving <laughs> and fighting, so you guys like hiring or yeah, like what's yeah, the story? Yeah. Well, so you know, you know what networks? Well, you know, is it ABC? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know what's really funny? Can you send Bob Iger my reel? Uh, who's it, Ira? This one, this one, <laughs> you'll really like. Um, there, so there was this dude who start who came to my classes for like a, a week. He was only here for a couple weeks because he lives in LA, but he's back and forth, and he loved my classes. He came on Tuesday, then did Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. I think it was on Thursday when we were walking back. We, I teach a couple classes at McCarran Park in the track, and we're walking back and we're talking. And um, he's telling me that, you know, what he does. And he's like, oh, I'm a producer or something. And uh, he's kind of a quirky guy. And I felt like I was like, this dude is somehow connected to, like, 
this world that I used to belong to. And uh, it turns out he used to manage Bernie Mac, and I think he manages wow. some other like really famous comedians now. Um, so I told him, I was like, oh, you know, I used to do stand-up. And he says, oh, you don't do it anymore. I was like, not at all. And he was like, oh, well, I hope you're not trying to like, you know, bro up to me or something, whatever. And I was like, dude, I could give a shit, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, oh, man. A year ago, I would have been like, uh, uh, let me find the perfect words to make it seem like I don't care that much, but he should really come see a show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to, this is how I think you should have answered it. I Mm. want you to be that guy and I'll be you now and and do the, the, uh, you're not trying to bro up to me. Oh yeah. 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 He's like, oh, he used to be a comedian. Like, oh, you're not trying to like bro up, you know? I'm a guru now, bitch. That's how I reply. Give me 15 (laughs) pushups. This is why I think the word guru works. What you're describing to me seems like real happiness. Yeah. In the sense that, what do the Buddhists say? And a lot of people say this. Only true happiness is when you help others. And you're helping people stay in shape. Mm -hmm. You're probably getting some slobby people initially, right? Let's be honest. Some people come in slobby. Uh, For the most part, no. I mean, that's part of like... They're not slobby at all? Well, I mean... It's New York City, so I mean, most people in New York, I mean, we're like in a really obscure demographic here. Like, there are not like real obese people in this in this city. I, mean, I want to thank Mayor Bloomberg for that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, I mean, it really is the lifestyle around here. Like, people just re- aren't disgustingly out of shape here. Uh, I mean, you're but just a little flabber. Yeah, but I mean, I have people who come in who are, like, trying to get in better shape, but none of them are, like, really that crazy. I mean, it's not, like, Biggest Loser or anything. Because that, to me, is, like, if you're going to a personal trainer or exercise and you're already in decent shape, that's kind of like the old Kinnison joke. If you can afford to go to rehab, you don't have a fucking problem. Right. <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like. No, but the, but but the bar is so high, I feel like, in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, Everyone when it has comes, to be. Yeah, so it's but like. The, but, the, but, there's, but there's always more. Like, I, like I, uh, I go to, like, a coach. Like, I go and train with someone twice a week, you know? And, I, like, I train people, and I wow. go to somebody. Right. And he goes to somebody else that that's he That's like therapist. Sees. It's like therapist, yeah. Yeah, so, like. Um, whereas, so someone comes to me and just has like really basic goals. Like, like I've had people who come in who can't even like, do a push up or get up and down from the ground. And like, we start there and now they're like working on pull-ups, you know, like they like evolve. I was able to do all the things that I could do. And I'm like, what else is there? So I got into, uh, I've gotten into like gymnastics. So like doing things on like Olympic rings and like, that's wow. like the next level. And, and, and he has his person that he looks to where it's, Bart you know, Connors up in his motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, man. See, that's so fascinating. And the fact, though, that you can help someone progress like that, that's way better than making 250 people laugh at the same time, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's totally. So because because I never have to risk having 150 people boo at me at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like your clients never get mad at you. Yeah, there's never a class that's like, all right, dude, uh, boo. We're not doing the burpees. Right. <laughs> Prove it. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Do you think you uh, gain some skills from stand-up that you that you brought over dude totally so many oh yeah man like there's like i said there's no regret because i feel like i would not be able to do the things that i do now in the fashion that i do or with the confidence had i not done stand for as long as i did like i mean my classes are not like you know hey come on in let's breathe for a little bit and like there's like no timidness like they walk in and like metallica starts blasting and i start pounding the wall and like screaming <laughs> and like and 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 and, and confidently like i mean and in stand up i used to do like i would get loud and i would like i was like assertive i would i always remember just saying things and telling people in the audience to do things and yes. like, somehow i learned this ability to like i don't know like control, control and right. like wrangle 
um, and not just tell jokes. And I do the same thing in my classes. You know, people will like do what I say, you know, like I'll be like, listen, if the whole class does not accomplish this thing that I want, you're all going to be punished. And they're like, and these are grown adults who are like, yeah, okay, well, you've got to do what he says. He's like wow. the drill sergeant huh. and full metal jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot help Gomer Pyle anymore. Mm-hmm. It is up to you. So, mm-hmm. so yep. someone fucks up and guess what happens? A bunch of kids put soap in a sock yeah, and beat the shit do, out of yeah. them. Uh-huh. Yeah, that happened last week. Yeah. Do you ever, that would um, be the greatest work ever. <laughs> do you ever think of bombarding uh, comedians' Facebook walls with all your classes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing muddy tracks today. <laughs> I should. I should, send out, I should send out invites. I should get invites all the time. Oh, like things. no pussies. Yeah. Boot camp on yeah. Thursday. Uh-huh. It's actually kind of unfortunate because these are people that like I'm interested in staying in contact with, but I'm like, dude, like I do not need to be invited to your show right. every week. Like I know what's happening. I get it. You send me, send me the invite telling me when the show is no longer happening. So I know not to think about coming, right. you know, but until then I'll know it's on Tuesday forever. Okay. I got it. You know? Wow. Do you think, uh, there are a lot of comedians who are, who were going through what you were going through and not really enjoying it, but were afraid or didn't have a next step to turn to? Um, I, I think so. I mean, I had a couple people like message me, um, not too long ago, like wanting to like have like a chat about it. Because you eased out, you like kind of this other thing was in front of you. And you're yeah, like, like I that, guess that was like the real benefit. Instead. Yeah, right. I was really lucky in that sense. Like I feel like when you've been doing it for a long time, like for the most part, you've put all your eggs into one basket. Right. And there's never this out. I just got really lucky that I fell into a place where it it worked out for me. Um, it's I can't imagine what it would be like trying to do it. I don't even think I would have tried to do it had I not had somewhere else to go, right? Or something that was fulfilling. Like it's that's that's scary, you know? Because that's what you were saying. You were like, I don't know what I would do. I've tried right. the thing or whatever. I don't. But he know. was lucky enough to find fitness, <laughs> yeah. so it was I like, think, yeah. well, I, I think, found uh, another thing. Louis describes it as getting out of prison. Where you're like, if you've been in there for 30 Certainly. years, you can't mm-hmm. just come out and get a job and know what's going on. Right, like, right. Well, in a lot of ways, I mean, I, I, I experienced that not like the getting the job part, but all, like really in some like human interactions. Because I, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of like, uh, what is it? Like being shut down, like being ignored, blown off. Like that, I mean, sure. I mean, working here, I mean, do, do you book the club? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you, you know what that, I mean, I'm sure you do it. I'm sure you like their emails you don't respond to. And I can tell you like firsthand, it happens. dude, that is the most painful thing in the fucking world. Like not getting a response back from like a booker or a manager or something like it eats away at you, you know? Right. And, um, oh shit! Now he's gonna. Now we're putting guilt on the poor guy. No, 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 no. But I mean, but now I'm looking for another but, but, job. But, but, poor Ace. But here's the thing: is like, no. But, but you can't come in here and talk to a guy like Ace like that. Kyle. This is both. But the rest of the rest of us, the rest of us don't. He's really good. He's really. The rest of us don't understand like how many you know of these emails you're getting all the time. But like when you're just that single person, like dude, it hurts. And like like eight nine years of these blows, like it like really wear on you. Yeah. So like now, like my interactions with people regularly like I'll often read a little deeper into it with deeper than I need to because like I associate with interactions like these right. um you know like if I'm dealing with a you know whatever a client or like a manager at the gym or something and like I don't get like a timely response or if I don't get a something like that I'll associate with like oh they don't like me or they're not interested right. that's really what it is <laughs> that's no, it, really what you feel like th- it's the toughest thing if, if when I'm sad a lot of times it's because I'm not getting like a day or two where I didn't get a booking. The mm-hmm. rest of the month ahead, I could be 
busier than a, than a nickel whore on penny night, okay? Mm-hmm. If I need to explain that, I don't want to explain it. How would you? I mean, that's the explanation. Well, nickel, <laughs> Well, if you work for only a nickel now, no, I mean. you're giving up part of my language to the lady here. Uh, <laughs> pussy for a cent. You're going to get more business that night. Right. If, it's, if it's penny right, pussy, right, right. you're getting a lot of action. <laughs> nickel pussy, you're getting a lot of action. Right, penny pussy... Right. You gotta, you gotta shoot those fuckers <laughs> off with of the broom. So, <laughs> but if I get a couple days without nice. something, I'm, I'm depre- like I'm doing some warm up now. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're trying to figure out their rotation. They, they're like the last time I did it before this, this week I've been doing it. It's mm-hmm. like we're gonna call you. We don't mm-hmm. know when. Two weeks where you don't hear nothing. Go. Well, I could really use that money. But the deeper issue is, they don't like me. They like. Yeah, guys. I mean it, it runs right. that deep. I mean honestly, so. Um, I guess I I don't know when did when and it's superficially when, sad when does when, do, when does the Caroline's March Madness thing happen? Oh March, I think it's March. But um, <laughs> no, no, but, no, but when do, no, I mean when when do they start sending out the uh, the invite for it? Um, oh, like January, January or something. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I had quit in October, and then in January I got an email from uh, from the Booker over there, being like, you know, do you want to be involved with March Madness and and this and that? And I actually I I was really happy with this email I sent back saying. Hey, uh, I just want to let you know I don't do stand up anymore. You know, there's no need to send out this stuff to me. I really appreciate everything you guys did for me in the past. And um, I, you know, we know who she is. She, she's but, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She's really sweet. You know, but I had mentioned to her because she's like kind of into fitness at one point in the past. I had told her, you know, you should come take one of my classes sometime. I said, so I wrote in the email, I said, you're still welcome to come take my class sometime. I would love to have you. And she didn't respond to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just really like, I, was like a hard I wasn't trying to get anything from you. Right. Um, I was like actually trying to, yeah, be heartfelt and like show appreciation. And also like in some ways show some gratitude by being like, Hey, I'm doing this other thing a lot now and you're welcome to come and do it just as like, you're, I don't, I'm not trying to earn points. Right. Like I just want to be friendly. And she didn't respond. And I was like, you know what? Thank God. I don't need to like handle this, do this thing anymore. You know, because even that hurt when I was like, I don't even need to get something from this person anymore. It was really like, I'll never forget that, ever. Wow. You know? I got to start. I got to go <laughs> through some emails yeah. right now. You're pulling out your phone. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to start responding right <laughs> yeah. now. Take that let me, gun out of let your me start, let, let me start <laughs> let in December, me December 2010. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, We're going to start wrapping up, but just a few more things we're going to talk about. Uh-huh. So now you have one day off a week. Uh-huh. Explain what your day off is, and you have no cravings to do any show business. So, like, what is it? I mean, you have a girlfriend with you, lovely. I, mm-hmm. I say this. One of the things that's awesome. I bumped into y'all right. walking the street in and, Greenpoint, and it was ha- you guys just the glow was so good. I'm like, this is how real people enjoy lives. You yeah. people are content with their lives. You just do regular shit. You do brunch. Yeah, man. Like, mimosa we'll go, on a he, Sunday. Yeah, do we brunch all the time? I love brunch. That's like my thing. Yeah, we go to. We, we've done brunch everywhere in Williamsburg. Like <laughs> the last time you uh, met a comedian who loved brunch, dude. I just remember up for brunch. Dude, <laughs> up for brunch. I remember. Yeah, I remember being really like people question. making jokes like, oh, like oh, regular people. What do they do for fun? They go to brunch. I'm like, fuck yeah, we go to brunch, and it's <laughs> yeah, amazing. It sounds awesome. Brunch is I amazing. I, I love like, eggs. Yeah, I, I love going and like drinking coffee or like and hanging out and talking to people and doing that. Like we'll go. We'll go like what have we done on Sunday? We've gone like rock climbing. We've gone. We went to the beach. Yeah, we get to go to the beach and just hang out. We uh, which to, to people who are civilians who are listening to the show, which I think that we have plenty. God bless. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, yeah, that, that's what we do, asshole. Yeah. For comics, like 
Oh, we don't have to drive. I'd have to be back by eight right. for my spot. <laughs> I'd be too tired right. to do my time. Oh my all god! Those, all those things that like any comedian would be like, "What do normal people do? Like, go and do that. Go and do this. Like, yeah, that's what you do, and it's awesome. Like, and I yeah. and I appreciate it so much more by like after being in that world. Like when I'm right. sitting at brunch, like every moment I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> this is the best moment of my life. But speaking of just the you know general civilians, I think that. Uh, Anyone else can also, you know, look at their own life and say, wow, I'm not sure if this is making me happy. I yeah. Need to change. Like you were able to make a pretty big change at a point in life when people don't mm-hmm. typically, you know, change direction. Yeah. You know what it is? I think, um, I think because th- this whole thing could be, I think what you're saying is like connected to any profession. Right. And, and I think it's just that people become closed off very quickly, you know? Stand up is just an extreme, right? You know, because there is like this, like, um, like this fraternity where it's like you can't get out, like you're in. But there's something similar that exists in all worlds. You know, I do like I train some people who work at um, uh, different like financial whatever things, and like they don't like their jobs, like they want to get out. And I'm like, you can do it. Like you can leave. You just have to be open. It's like when other opportunities are around you, you can't be closed off and be like, no, I can't be that because I'm already this. Right. God like damn you can be anything. This is the same shit like Diamond Dallas Page when I listen to him on... That's right. I referenced Diamond Dallas Page. Did he be, we'll like he's become... Out. No, we ain't cutting that shit out. <laughs> he's been on podcasts talking about this and I get chills. Uh-huh. You're fucking actually helping people. Like this is huge. I've been helping some people of late. Like I got buddies on different coasts going through breakups. Uh-huh. And sometimes you don't want to pick up the phone. You don't want to uh-huh. text. You don't want to deal with it. Uh-huh. But you do it and you help them and... and I'm gonna be honest. That buzz that I've been getting of helping people has been so much, it's so rewarding. And you re- and you're doing, you're rewarding people. You're helping people be better people, mm-hmm. and that's fucking amazing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know about being better people, but I just feel like at least like I feel like my moment in people's lives is mm. positive. You're inspiring people, baby. I hope so. But like, I mean, we took, I, we, were, we, we went and we ate breakfast before we came here and we were talking about this Tough Mudder we did and I brought all these people out who had been taking my classes for so long and we kind of like went through the list of each person and like the effect that it had, like getting to do this thing. And it, cause it's a real insane feat. Like it's not, it's really miserable out there and you're muddy and cold and like running this thing and everybody walked out of it having like a real positive experience and everybody had like a different uh, experience. And we kind of like broke it down. Each person, you know, this couple, like they got to have this thing where they worked together for three hours. Like this girl, like her life has changed so much and just break up. And like, she was smiling the whole time. It was like all these different people that had, uh, you know, I don't know if it was life changing, but like a little moment where like right. things were different. And, uh, and that's a really cool thing to be a part of. And, and maybe you only see it like that because you consciously made a choice of I'm doing what makes me happy. And now you're going to see that in other people like, wow, look at these people also being happy. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely like I'm, I feel like I'm absolutely more hyper aware of it now. Right. Like I don't I don't necessarily think I would have seen it before because I f- you're also just um, so self indulged in like this darkness or at least I was in this like darkness sadness it's almost like I resented people who were happy mm-hmm. you know like, you that's, that's where those conversations would come from like oh what do normal people do eat brunch I, like, it's because I'd be like I kind of want to do that but right. like fuck them is that the main thing you've learned from this part of your journey the, of training to 
uh, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to strive. That's exactly that. what it is. It's okay to be happy. That's it. One hundred percent, what it is. Like I couldn't have said it better. It is okay to be happy because I think uh, there's so many people who are just like, I don't deserve happiness. And like I, I, dude, I totally felt that way. And that was also the, you know, that was like part of like the, the same thing where like I did belong in the sense that I really didn't believe I deserved to be happy. You know, and. Uh, it was really, that was tough for me to be around people who really felt like they didn't deserve to be happy because they'd been beaten down by life. And I was like, trying to be like, dude, I'm like you. Like, I really don't think I'm, I deserve to be happy. You know, like all the same shit that everyone else went through. I was like, I've, I've been there, you know what I mean? And like, I know that feeling. Um, and now it's like having that and realizing that like, dude, you're allowed to live a life where you can, you can have it. Like, I feel like everybody needs to, I don't know. I wish I was a way that I could like direct people on like a grander scale. Like I feel like at this moment in my life, I'm only able to like affect like these moments or like, you know, small long-term physical goals or something. It's like, if there's a way to like show that bridge into like life happiness, like right. that's it, cause it's so possible. Well, I think a big part of that is the, that person reaching out and getting it themselves that right. no one else can show them like, here's how you get happy. Yeah. It's well, them saying I'm not happy and I'm going to go out and figure out. Well, that's, so my girlfriend is a, is a health coach and, um, and that's like the, it's kind of like the philosophy is like, you can't tell somebody what they have to do to be happy. Like you just need to kind of like lay the foundation and let them discover the things themselves, even if you know what it is. Right. Right. Like you have to just kind of like help them move all the pieces in place on the chessboard and let them like checkmate it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, everyone, too many people just expect that you can just like press a button and life changes. Effort mm-hmm. has to be done. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to someone the other day man, I just wish I could consistently exercise. I'm like, well, you can. You just have to. Like, yeah. You just, uh, I wish I wasn't fat. Well, put down the potato chips <laughs> and, <laughs> and work out a little bit. Or if you're going to eat the potato chips, have them be baked and maybe run a little during right. the day. Right. You I, know? I, I, think, I mean, you have to. You only put what you, you only get what you put into shit. Right. Same with comedy. A lot of these people giving the negative energy to you weren't getting up every day, mm-hmm. weren't hanging out when they weren't working, weren't working on their act, but, and... But, Hey, I should just be on television. No, you shouldn't, asshole. You're not putting the effort towards it. But I will say this. Even the people I saw that were working a lot, there, dude, there was sadness to me. Yeah. Like, I remember right before I quit, it was, I mean, it must have been in October. I remember walking by the comedy cellar and seeing Robin Williams come out. Yeah. Like, Robin, who's like, to me, this was amazing that I was getting to see Robin Williams sure. like, on the street. And no one had even noticed him yet. I was about to walk up to, like, try and take a picture with him. And he just seemed so, like out of it and like kind of flustered like I, I you know I know that he'd kind of he's kind of gone back and forth between like booze and drugs and whatever and it, to me it looked as though he was like on something or maybe he was just how you know, tired and he was with these two dudes that looked like hell's angels like just tats everywhere on their bald heads Jesus and stuff. Christ that should be the sitcom he's on now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and guys running but people ran up to like take pictures of him and he was like so out of it and I just thought to myself I'm like this is like sad like he's, he's like this is a Saturday night like he's hanging out with these two dudes that are like, you know, in their like leather um, vests. Yeah. Like he's not with like friends or family or whoever. Like he's like, he's, these are the people he's with. And he's running out trying to do like 20 minute spots. I'm like, this dude won an Academy Award. <laughs> and like, oh, that's it. Like I don't. He could be happy. He, that might be his true happiness. And you got to right. remember, but he's the, also broke because he, he has this, is that the this shit called divorce. It? Yes. That's, that's why yeah, he's doing that TV show with Buffy. Oh God. <laughs> he needed a paycheck. 
Oh. He's mm. he's broker than Dick Dog to steal a Miles Davis <coughs> reference. Full circle. Miles Davis. He used to say that a lot. Broker than Dick Dog. But that but to who me, is Dick Dog? And what? No, it's too soon. Yes. <laughs> to me, that lo- that fit felt sad to me. It was like I don't want to be whatever. He's like sixty, right? Something like sure. that. Sure. I was like that. I, I do. I can't. It feels like it doesn't feel right to me. And that was a big wake up call to you. That was a wake up call for sure. Because I like, I really loved Rob Williams. I mean, I watched like Mork and Mindy when I was a kid. I still own the DVDs. I was like, that was really. If you would have really told tough. him that, I bet he would have smiled. Yeah. Yeah. I would have cheered him up a and, little bit. And then he would have hit Snake and Blade, his two uh, biker escorts. <laughs> <laughs> Real yeah. quick, and then we're gonna we're gonna go bye bye like Animal from uh-huh. uh, the Muppet Babies. Uh-huh. Boy, a Muppet <laughs> Baby reference. I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get back to the test. Okay. So you were two when you were working every day at that said club. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to October of eleven when we were a month out. We're not getting paid. We're not working anywhere. Most of us. We're not working and getting paid. Thank God for this place. I was getting up a few times a month, which helped out a lot. I can't express that enough. Um, where was your happiness at that point? You're still dabbling. So, you're doing more independent things. So this is when the, um, let me think. So this is when the club is shut down at this yes, point. Yes, about a month or two after. Uh, so, I was actually, I was happier at that point because I didn't feel like the weight of having to, like it was be rather, there all the time. rather than like the question of whether I'm going to work there or not, whether I have to deal with that or that yeah, how many spots am I yeah, get? How exactly. much money is? I wasn't dealing with that anymore. Now I could just like accept that it was gone and I just wasn't making money. Um, but I felt one to ten. I felt better. Uh, maybe like a five. Five. Yeah. Let's go to right now, sitting in this chair uh-huh. with your lovely lady right here. Uh-huh. No pressure. The health though. coach. Well, I mean, yeah. God bless you. I Jesus, think we might have man. another potential. Ten, we might have another potential like... podcast guest right here. I need a health correspondent. Uh-huh. Would you tell people like what squashes are better? Like, I really want someone to come here and tell whether Butter spaghetti, yellow, or green. Squash? Oh. Butternut. The world of squashes. I'm a squash junkie, motherfuckers. I love that shit. Spaghetti squash? The guru. I'm the The squash guru. Um, Scale one to ten. Do you oh. want to? Le- should, should we have her leave for a second in case you say no? Seven point no, no. five. I'm trying to make right. Hundred percent. Like a, uh, I would say a nine, and only not a ten because like there's still now these uh, little things that I feel like I have to look at. Um in my like professional life now that like do weigh on me a little in terms of like next move in life that, you know, of course, like cause me to not be happy, but like uh, a nine for sure. 100%. And what are the potential next moves? Can you discuss some of these things that are in your head? Um, Yeah. I mean, like right now I have like these really popular classes, like so much so that they've had to add a second class or like turn them into signups because they're, they're really popular. Um, You're LeBron James of Brooklyn working out. (laughs) Um, And I also, I I get to, I get to work with this, like really my, my, the guy I do gymnastics with, he's got this great philosophy that he's following and I'm really like in the learning that and you know at one point some dude wanted to invest in like building a, a studio and like just in court and do just to do the classes that I do wow. Um, wow. so it's like all these like next level things where it's like going beyond just being inside a gym like what is that next move or or, or where do you know where do I focus my energy um, so I have to deal with a little bit of that and that can be exhausting and 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 i don't know that it really i should say it affects happiness but i'm definitely not necessarily happy when i deal with that because i'm always worried that i'm going to make the wrong choice wow but there is no wrong choices see now i want to play guru to you right mm-hmm. like we 
No, but there are some be, wrong choices. No, there's wrong choices. Yeah. But, but here's how I look at it. But, but I, I'm not the wrong. Not, not that I'm going to make the wrong choice, but I, that I'm going to make the best choice. You want to make the best choice. That's how you should look at it. You have choices. One is going to be better than the other. But I, I look at this. Yeah, I have this tattoo. I mean, we haven't seen each other in a while. You don't yeah, know when did you get that? I got it in September of 12. What does that say? In Austin, Texas. Amor Fati. Mm-hmm. When I'm on stage and someone asks me what that means, I just tell them it means I need to work out more. But mm-hmm. it's our, that's someone calling to tell me not to do that joke on the air because mm-hmm. we don't do jokes here. Um, it's Amor Fati. It's a love of fate oh, in Latin. I, right. I believe that you end up where you're supposed to. Uh-huh. Okay. I feel like we have free will mm-hmm. and you have choices to make. But even if you make that bad choice, you are supposed to make that bad choice to learn from it to make better choices later. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. You're not always going to hit a fucking home run and and pick the right thing in life. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Well, you're never going to run out of choices either. Every day you can make choices. Like, there's never going to be a day where you're not allowed to make a choice. Yeah. You know? And 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 embrace it. And embrace it. Some of them, you're going to fuck up. Mm -hmm. But learn. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Why do we fall down? To, to see how we pick ourselves back up. I'm quoting Bruce Wayne's pop-up. <laughs> I'm quoting him. Uh, Kyle, this is great. Any, any closing, gentlemen? And then we'll do plugs and all that. No, I think no. that's it. Yeah. Um, Kyle, this is outstanding. Thank you so much. I love you to death. I, I, love I, you I too. miss you, Thanks your family. Um, even though you're only a half Nevadan and you're uh-huh. Northern Nevadan, fuck it. We make at least we can agree. Fuck Reno. Let's at least, but, but but we're both ethnically ambiguous, which is. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I'm pretty sure now we're, we're going to take the... Oh, hey, we got to do that. Let's make this announcement now. Benji, real quick. Yeah. You and John haven't gotten your, resess, your results yet. I did. You got, and you read them already? I read them. All right. You're not going to read it on air, though, till this. Let me do it okay, and send the results here. We were, we're going to live on a... It won't be live. You guys will still download it on Tuesday or at your leisure. <laughs> we will figure out what the fuck I am. We're pretty sure my real dad's Jewish. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, Benji, what's your odds? You think so? I mean, I... I I'd give it a 40% chance. Only 40? I don't what know. What is the other I, chance? I, I don't I know what I'm calculating. I have Mandy Patinkin's beard. I have Mandy Patinkin's beard. You want to know what my test came back saying? We're gonna, I wanted to we'll wait. wait. I wanted we'll to do wait. it. We'll you, wait. me, we'll John. We're going to just have a big, Perfect. we're going to have a big race off right there. We're just going <laughs> to say. I think you're Jewish. I think I'm Jewish. You could be. I've, I've always thought you were, you were wait, Jewish. Wait, what are you? Uh, so I'm half Jewish. And then uh, my dad's side is like uh, English, Catholic, they're from Canada. But you like how he's taking the half that's technically makes you full and go, just half. Mm-hmm. The mom's <laughs> oh, side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, any plugs? Do you want more Do you want more people to come and work out? Do you want to yeah, tell people dead. where to uh, find you? Or, or do you want to keep yeah. it like a secret, like you're in a punk band? Or, um, or are you an elitist now? Either um, one. I mean, you know what? I, I, I stay pretty on top of like uh, Twitter and and. and uh, Instagram and stuff. I like posting like pictures of the workouts and different things that I do and stuff from like Tough Mudder. And I teach it. So I teach a class called Grit. Grit. That's one of the names of the classes. I got to come up with all the names of my classes, which I. uh, Staying creative. Yeah, stay creative. Yeah, I keep (laughs) keep it going in little places. So my uh, my handle is just at Kyle Grit. Okay. That's what I post. That's what I post. And that's how our people will find you. Yeah, why not? You rock, my brother. Yeah, totally. Big Benj. The best of BS on Twitter, but make sure to check out Stand Up New York Labs. We got a special promo code for our listeners. If you go to uh, StandUpNY.com, you can put in the word LUST in the promo code area. You get two-for-one tickets for all our fans out there. Check out all our other podcasts. We have amazing uh, amazing shows on this network here, and come to a show seven days a week. The Stand Up New York Labs. This is being a part of, like, Def Jam Records at the beginning. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? 
If we were Def Jam, we'll do that as another episode. What, who would I be? Would I be LL? Am I going to end up on a shitty cop show? I don't know. Anthony DeVito, uh, plug away, baby. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Anthony DeVito underscore, and then uh, my podcast, The Rad Dudecast, at The Rad Dudecast. He's moonlighting with us. This is some Sybil Shepherd and fucking Bruce Willis in the 80s. Moonlighting. That's right, more 80s references. Um, yes, Super Tramp. What's the name of Moonlighting? Is it with Sybil Shepherd and Bruce true. Willis? That's true. Oh, Sam Morell's new podcast, uh, Moonlighting. Check it out. Is it has it been released yet? I don't know when this is going to be yeah, released. It's in but November. It's It'll out, be out there. Uh, go to SoundCloud and definitely check that out. That's terrific. You guys should use the Moonlighting theme song, which is this loungy little thing. All right, um, check me out at Mad Dog Matter on Twitter, Facebook. Send messages, uh, concerns, questions, <laughs> comments about the show, suggestions for guests. If you want to be a guest, if you know people with a good story, if a good story, if your story's not up to steam, I'm gonna be honest. I pull that Booker shit. I don't reply back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't go. Hey, this isn't what we're looking for. I'm sorry. I don't mean nothing personal. But f- what are you gonna do? Uh, real quick, uh, man, this was a great episode. And I really appreciate you coming in here. And this is gonna be educational. Some people. I mean, I know we yeah. have comics, and probably some people who are thinking about getting in it or whatever, or used to do it. Um, all we ask with this show, this is the embracement of the individual and being who you are and being comfortable who you are. And maybe who you are is a comedian. Keep being a comedian. Don't, and don't get angry at Kyle for Kyle, the way Kyle feels. This is what worked for him, and that's awesome. If some of you might be at a cr- crossroads. Wow, did I, what did I do with that word? Crossroads, which is everyone's <laughs> favorite Britney Spears movie. And... <laughs> I mean that's amazing what the fuck am I doing in my life um, maybe this helps you and maybe you dig deep and realize maybe I don't want to do it there's no shame in leaving comedy I'm going to be honest there's a lot of people who fucking should but right. they don't but make sure you do it for your reasons end up where you're supposed to embrace the journey Amor Fati that's what this podcast is going to be here for you every Tuesday come journey with us and our guests on their lives and help. hopefully it helps you all out and uh this is a new guru podcast. We are po- we are gurus up. That's pretentious. All right, till next time, goddammit. You like how I'll just I'll call like myself it. out on my own shit I and like then get it. out. I like it. Till next time, babies. Just remember, you're all worth a million in prizes. Good night, my people.